Welcome to the Comic Web Superman Old Time Radio Podcast, where each week we bring you an exciting radio episode from the early years of the Man of Steel. The Comic Web sells old time radio programs and comic books. Check us out at comicweb.com. The Comic Web also offers two other podcasts. One is a variety of old time radio programs, and the other is a video podcast of the old movie cliffhanger serials. You can find them on our website or just type Comic Web into iTunes and they should pop up. Now just sit back, relax, and enjoy this episode of Superman. Thank you. Presenting the transcription feature, Superman! Look at the sky! Look! It's a bird! It's a plane! It's Superman! And now, Superman, strange visitor from the planet Krypton, who came to Earth with physical powers far beyond those of mortal men, and who fights a never-ending battle against crime and injustice, disguised as Clark Kent, mild-mannered reporter for a great metropolitan daily. As our story opens today, Kent and his editor, Perry White, are on their way to the Chinese section of the city in response to an urgent summons from Dr. Chi Wan, learned scholar and collector of oriental art. Darkness has fallen, and the narrow, winding streets are empty, save for a few wraith-like figures half-hidden in shadowed doorways. Here and there, a dim light burns in a store window piled high with bits of jade, lacquered boxes, and all manner of strange curios from a land beyond the seas. The unearthly silence is broken only by the purr of a motor car. Listen. Isn't it a little strange that Dr. Wan didn't tell you why he wanted to see you, Mr. White? Well, if you know Orientals, Kent, they don't say much over the telephone. It's an instrument of the devil, and they don't trust it. Oh, but surely Dr. Wan doesn't feel that way. Wasn't he educated here in the United States? Yes, but the Chinese have certain inborn superstitions that even education won't eradicate. Once an Oriental, always an Oriental. Hey, here, take it easy. I, I think that's the house over there. Number 44. Uh, pull up to the curb. Okay. Well? Mm-hmm. Let's get out. You better lock the car. Okay. There. Now, come on. Siwan owns this jewelry store and lives above it. Yeah, but this store looks closed to me. He said to come up to his apartment. Oh. I guess we go through this hallway. Yeah. Boy, it sure is dark in here. Well, light a match, Ken, so we can find the stairway. All right. Oh, there it is. I'll lead the way. I don't know what's on Juan's mind, but it better be mighty important, or I'll wring his neck for dragging me down here at this hour of the night. Uh Uh-oh. The match went out. Hold on, I'll light another. Ken, look out! What happened? Someone threw a knife at us. I saw him when you lit that match. What? Crouch down there in the hallway. Well, is he still there? No. No, he ran outside. Well, in the maze of narrow streets out there, you'd never find him. Uh, Where's the knife? Wait a minute. Here, stuck in one of the steps. You're a lucky boy, Kent. Missed your back by a fraction of an inch. Oh, Here, uh, wrap a handkerchief around the handle and pull it out. Okay. Maybe Chi Wan can explain this attempt at murder. <sighs> Come on. Let's get up to his apartment before someone else decides to use us as a target. I should have known we'd run into something screwy down in this neck of the woods. And you cannot know, my honored friend, how pained I would have been if harm had befallen you. Not nearly as pained as Clark Kent would have been if that knife had landed in his back instead of the step. Lucky thing I happened to look around just as that yellow devil let it fly. It was one of my countrymen? Yeah, I think so. Now look here, Chiwan. What's this all about? People don't go around hurling knives at strangers without reason. There is reason. Good and ample reason. May I speak freely? Go right ahead. Kent's one of my ace reporters. I brought him along because he has a peculiar knack for ferreting things out. Oh, don't count too much on that, Dr. Wan. Mr. Kent, in this hour of tribulation, I must count on everything. 
As you are no doubt aware, I am an importer of Chinese art treasure. So Mr. White told me. Through my hands have passed priceless vases of the Ming Dynasty. Hand-wrought silver that once adorned the throne of the Emperor Lao Tan. Chests of inlaid teak wood, the beauty of which is beyond description. Yes, yes, we know all that, T1. Now, come on, get to the point. Patience, my honored friend, patience. My father once told me, it is only a fool who hurries to the grave. Nobody's asking you to hurry to your grave. Unfortunately, the grave is my destination. What? What's that? Yes, they are closing in on me like dark shadows of night. There is no escape. What in the name of heaven are you talking about? Before the next sun rises, I will be dead. What do you mean, Dr. Wan? Have you lost your mind? Well, in all my born days, Please, I... please. There is a little time, and I have much to tell you. But first, you must give me your solemn oath that not one word of what I am about to tell you will ever pass your lips. Well, that all depends, T1. If it's information the police should have, I'm not going to hold it back. Believe me, honored friend, the police can be of no assistance. Oh, I should have called on them long ago. Well, all right. You can trust me with your secret. And you, Mr. Kent? Of course. I am grateful to you both. Now, if you will bear with me, I shall try to tell you why I have asked your assistance. Forgive me if I speak softly. It is said that sometimes even the walls have ears. In 1930, while traveling through western China... I discovered in an ancient temple in the province of Shenxing a goatskin manuscript written by an unknown scholar 3,000 years ago. It's a long way back, Dr. Wan. The Chinese Empire is more than 4,000 years old, Mr. Kent. Oh, what about the manuscript? Uh, what was on it? The characters were faded almost beyond legibility. But by dint of patient effort and the use of a high-powered magnifying glass, I was able to decipher them. Go on. What did it say? You will not believe me. But there, written on a square of goatskin 3,000 years old, was the secret of everlasting life. What's that? The secret of everlasting life. You mean, Dr. Wan, that the manuscript contained a formula for keeping human beings alive forever? No, Mr. Kent. I thought I heard wrong. You did not, honored friend. The manuscript said that he who finds the ten teeth of the sacred green dragon... We'll have life everlasting. Now, 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 wait a minute, G-Wan. I'm a busy man. I run a newspaper, and the owners of that newspaper don't pay me to chase pink elephants or green dragons. Please, please, I beg of you. Do not treat this matter lightly. Well, if you think either Kent or myself can waste time hunting for a green dragon, well... I have already found the dragon. Where, Dr. Wan? In the ruins of the Shenxing Temple. It was an idol, hand-carved. But the teeth were missing Vandals had stolen them. Uh, who'd want a handful of teeth, even from a green dragon? You do not understand. The ten teeth of the sacred dragon are ten pieces of pure jade, each one of which is engraved with a Chinese symbol. Go on, Doctor. Each symbol describes a rare herb found only in the lofty mountains of western China. When all ten herbs are combined, ground into a powder, that powder renders the human body free of disease forever. And you believe that, Chiwan? I cannot help but believe it. For even now, I have in my possession nine of the dragon's teeth. Where did you find them? All over the world, Mr. Kent. Some had been set in rings, others in necklaces. You say you have nine. What about the tenth? I failed to find it until a month or so ago when I learned it was in the possession of one Walter Huffman, a dealer in precious stones. 
I sent a trusted employee to purchase it from Hoffman. But therein I made my mistake. Uh, how come? This employee, Pauline, had assisted me in deciphering the manuscript and knew the secret of the dragon thief. And he told Huffman. Exactly, Mr. Kent. In order that Huffman might demand an exorbitant price for the one piece he had. Oh, I'm surprised Huffman didn't offer to buy the nine pieces of jade you have after hearing the story. He knew that was impossible. And so he has been trying to get them in another way. That is why my life is in danger. That is why I have asked you two to help me. Hmm. They are watching this house night and day. If I attempted to leave, I would never reach the street alive. With you two, it is different. Oh, yeah? Well, what about that knife Kent almost got in the back? A mistake, I am certain. Huffman would not risk killing a white man. But, of course, if you are afraid... We're then... not afraid, Dr. Wan. What do you want us to do? I want you to take the box containing the nine pieces of jade. Yes? If anything happens to me, deliver the box to Professor Henry Wells, head of the Oriental Department at the National Museum, and tell him what I have told you. All right. And another thing. You must promise me that if ever the dragon's teeth reveal the secret, that it will be given to the world without cost. Kent, do you think it's safe for us to carry that stuff out of here? What if some of Huffman's hired killers pounce on us? Well, we'll keep an eye out now that we know the setup. You know, T1, it'd be much simpler to just call the cops. No, 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 no. no. No, there would be questions to answer, stories in the newspapers. It is best that only a few be aware of the dragon's teeth, lest all of humanity be made to pay dearly for a secret that belongs not to one man, but to the world. All right, we'll take a chance. Where's the box? I shall get it. But first, you must join me at tea. Only this morning I received a special shipment of a delicate aromatic blend. You will like it, I'm sure. Well, what's that? My servant with the tea. Excuse me. Now, if uh, one of you will do me the honor of pouring, I will get the box of jade in the meantime. Okay, I'll pour. Thank you, Mr. White. Well, Kent, what do you make of it? I don't know, Mr. White. It's puzzling. Now, certainly you don't believe that nonsense about the ten herbs grinding them into a powder and getting something that'll cure all disease. Oh, Dr. Wan didn't say it would cure disease. He said it would keep humans from getting disease. Whatever he said, it's voodoo stuff. and It doesn't make sense to me. We'll take the box of jade and deliver it to Professor Wells at the National Museum. But as far as believing they have any special value, uh, those dragon's teeth, well, I don't go for that kind of witchcraft. Well, that's what people said when the Chinese discovered gunpowder, Mr. White. They called it witchcraft. I know, I know, but say, don't tell me you've fallen for Chi Wan's story. Uh, here, uh, have some tea. Oh, thanks. I don't drink it. No, I haven't fallen for anything, but it might be possible. After all, doctors have discovered medicines that keep people from contracting various diseases. Well, we'll see. Oh. This tea is good. Leave it to the Chinese to dish up a good cup of tea. Try some, Kent. No, thanks. You don't know what you're missing. Nothing like a good cup of tea. Kent! What's the matter, Mr. White? My throat! It's tightening up! Mr. White! That's tea! Poison! Was the tea poisoned? And if so, by whose hand? Can it be that Dr. Chi Wan is playing another part in this strange oriental drama? Don't forget to tune in next time and follow the weird story of the dragon's teeth with Superman. Tune in the next thrilling installment of the transcription feature, Superman. <laughs>